Welcome to another edition of the Maniverse Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Traplin, and this is session number 24. Hey everybody, how's it going? On today's show, we're featuring Alex Moore. He's the chef at Bampot, a board game cafe in Toronto. Bampot, or the full version, Bampot Bohemian House of Tea and Board Games, is a trendy place that offers loose-leaf tea, vegetarian and vegan food, and board games to their patrons. They're one of many board game cafes that have popped up in recent years. And in this episode, we talk about what makes Bampot different from the other board game cafes, as well as explore the operations side. See, many LGS owners have expressed an interest in incorporating a cafe into their business model. So today, we're going to dig into the business from the other side. We're going to start with a cafe, and then we're going to add in the LGS, and then we're going to see how it plays out. So let me introduce you to Alex Moore. I'll let him take it from here. Uh, me? I, uh, I've been kind of a nerd my whole life. Uh, you know, I, uh... I used to play Magic competitively. I got most of my friends into Magic the Gathering uh, back when I was uh, 11. <laughs> and uh, from then, I just, you know, started picking up board games and things like that. Um, you know, really got into, like, the scene, into the convention circuit uh, with Anime North, first going there. Um, and uh, through there, uh, I first played Munchkin, uh, which was like, the first, like, sort of indie board game I've ever really played. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, I used to play classic with Risk and Axis and Allies, uh, Monopoly, you know, things like that. But uh, I never really tested the waters outside of that besides, you know, magic. Which is totally different, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I, I ended up by finding out about Snakes and Lattes about a year later. Um, where my friend was like, hey, you should check out this new board game cafe. And I'm like, it's a board game cafe. And uh, we went and checked this, this place out. Uh, at the time, I was kind of just kicking back in like, uh, the Niagara region, not really doing anything in my life. And uh, he was in engineering. And uh, we, I, so I met him in Toronto. And uh, yeah, we went to this board game cafe and stayed there from like 8 o'clock at night to 2 o'clock in the morning. Uh, just playing like a bunch of different board games, uh, co-op games, which I never even knew existed, because uh, I had always thought a bit more competitive thing against the other players. But uh, mm-hmm. you know. so I was introduced to like Forbidden Island and uh, played uh, a game called uh, Yggdrasil, which is the uh, Norse tree of uh, the Norse tree of uh, life, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, we uh, we played those games the first time I, I ever went to a board game cafe. And, uh, you know, from there, I, from there, I realized that this was something that I was really interested in. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I started working uh, more in the food industry and stuff and uh, went to culinary school and uh, did my entire, uh, did my entire, like, end of year thesis, I guess, on a, uh, on the concept of building a cafe around art and board games, uh, local art. And uh, board games, <laughs> and uh, that's what was my—that was kind of like my whole idea—to so build a bit of money to build to make my 
Okay. So uh, then I moved to Toronto and I uh, started looking for jobs. I, uh, I got a job at Castle. Um, it's a place on Spadina and uh, it's a place at the corner of Spadina and College. And uh, that was the first working cafe. I and uh, they uh, they charge by the hour, um, which is an interesting uh, way of doing it because if you stay for only one hour, it's actually cheaper than any cafe. But if you stay longer than two hours, it's more expensive hmm. because two fifty per hour. Um, so most working cafes will charge five dollars per person flat rate, right? Okay. So Castle has been anyway. From Castle, I uh, went to Roleplay Cafe, uh, where I was actually designing a menu for them, and uh, I wasn't uh, really, I didn't really jive well there, so I decided to uh, go back to Castle for a little bit, and um, then I ended up working in the food industry for a little longer in different places, uh, instead of like sticking to working cafes, because I wanted to get experience, like, you know, fine dining, things like that. And then, uh, and then I got an email from my friend saying, hey, uh, Bampot's looking for a new cook. <laughs> I'm like, perfect. So I, uh, I applied. And uh, my friends were friends with the owner. And um, he noticed that on Facebook, brought me in for an interview. And uh, from there, I started cooking. But then I also started showing a lot of initiative, like otherwise, like showing that I knew you know, basically all the working that he had there already, and also, you know, like, really interested in the tea and the other aspects of the place, because we're also, uh, we also have, like, local art on the walls, we have, like, events where we do, um, where we do open mic nights and things like that, uh, so I showed a lot of initiative there, and so he ended up actually just hired me on full-time instead of just being, uh, a cook. <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah. So... Basically, a uh, quick rundown of what uh, my journey through that stuff. <laughs> yeah, it sounds um, like you, you had an interesting first experience with the the first day you were at a game cafe. You stayed forever, basically, until it closed, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't think I would ever. Uh, I, I like. I honestly, every time I came to Toronto from that point forward, I kept on going back to Saint Paul. It's like before I knew about the other. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, let's let's talk about the idea of what a game cafe actually is. So, like, give us the uh, give us the elevator pitch. Um. So basically, uh, you come in and you sit down with your friends. You pick out a board game from a fairly decent selection, uh, and you get to you have to pay like a flat rate or like a cover charge depending on who you are. Uh, to play these board games, but uh, it's basically like renting the board game while you're there. <laughs> um, the idea, I think, um, if, I, if I remember correctly, uh, when I was going to Six Lantes, the idea came from France, actually, uh, where the guy had the idea from a board game library where you could rent out board games. Um, and from that, he kind of extrapolated it into the model that he made for Snake Monsters. Um, which is uh, the model that we basically run in. So you come in, you sit down, 
and uh, you can play board games for as long as you want. You can sit there for as long as you want without having to pay for any other food as long as you pay the company for personal. Gotcha. Mm, excuse me. Gotcha. Okay, so let's talk about Bampot. Okay. So, why is um, it called Bampot? First off, <laughs> well, what's the origin of the name? The origin of the name uh, Bampot is, uh, well, the owner, uh, he is, uh, his name's Mark. Uh, he actually is from Scotland, and uh, it's a Scottish word, a Scottish slang word, uh, for crazy person. Um, and it's just really fits, like, our kind of eclectic establishment. Um, our, our, our full, uh, our, our full restaurant title is, uh, Bampot Bohemian House of Tea and Board Games, which is, uh, basically a, a summer, it summarizes like, our entire establishment. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. So what, uh, what makes Bampot stand out? What's different about Bampod compared to the other game stores in Toronto or the other game cafes in Toronto? Well, uh, what makes Bampod stand out is uh, that really we're a lot more of a relaxed atmosphere than the other places. Um, you come in, uh, there is places where you can take your shoes off uh, and sit in like these like uh, nooks and crannies like that are uh, filled with like, handmade pillows and stuff like that. There's uh, carpeted walls. Um, we, uh, we burn incense, uh, we have, uh, we have, like, we're very relaxed about even, like, you know, getting your order and stuff like that, uh, so, like, you know, you'll, you'll come up to us and, uh, be like, oh, so, uh, where do we sit? And we're like, oh, just sit anywhere, you know, we'll find you. <laughs> um, it's a, uh, it's a very nonchalant place to be. <laughs> Very cavalier. Yes. <laughs> uh, very much so. Um, we, uh, yeah, we, we kind of find ourselves in, like, just making sure people just are trying to relax. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, I get it. Fits the atmosphere of a tea house. Yeah. It's, um, the, the, it's, the entire establishment's based off of, uh, something that you'd find in the Czech Republic, uh, it's, uh, it's based off of like tea houses like you find all over Prague and stuff like that. So you go to go to a place in Prague, you could actually probably find a place that looks very similar to Bampot. Um, oh. it, even even our teapots uh, are handmade in Prague. Very authentic. Yeah, uh, that was kind of the idea. <laughs> Okay, so but why uh, why not just a tea house? Like why why go through all the trouble of you know incorporating a a library of board games and things like that for the customers? Why not just create a like? Wouldn't the tea house stand on its own? Oh, for sure, the tea house would stand on its own, but it's uh, it, it's an, it's an accumulation of everybody who made this place their their interests, right? So it's um. We want to draw a certain clientele base. Like, you know, there's a lot of interesting people in the city that they they want to come to a place. They want to stay a while, but you know, like they also like being mentally active. Board games are a great way to stay that way. Um. So we uh, 
we filled the filled up on a bunch of shelves with um, interesting board games. We don't have we definitely don't have the selection that some of the larger board game cafes that are specifically board game cafes have. Um, but our collection is uh, very eclectic, kind of like our establishment, and it's uh, it has like a lot more um, it's a lot more diverse. I don't know. <laughs> no, no that's, a, that's a good answer. That's fine. Okay, okay so uh, let's talk about what you do. You're the uh, the cook, the chef. Yeah, yeah. Um, that and more, I guess. Yeah, and the <laughs> the board game curator, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I basically just uh, I make we we do we do meals. Uh, we do we do mains that uh, for the week and uh, soups. And uh, so, like, they, it's like a changing menu all the time. Uh, but we also have like a few staples, like our poutine soup um, uh, and uh, halal. Uh, but basically, what I do is I do all the prep work and everything, and uh, make sure that the kitchen is totally organized and stuff like that. I also keep track of the board games, make sure that everything's put back properly, uh, reorganize board games when everything is like out of place. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, and generally like try to help organize events and like stay on top of like, you know, like, say people are coming into like specifically like a whole working events or like a role playing day or, uh, you know, stuff like that. I, I'm kind of the guy that go to for that. Okay. Uh, how many people work at Bampot right now? Like how um, large is this business? At the moment. Um, about five of us, I think, all together. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a small, close knit group. That's still pretty impressive. Like, there, most game stores have a very uh, small number of people, if any, employees at all. When they've kind of got things going, then that's when they uh, start to expand. So, that's a. Uh, I would say that's encouraging. That's true, but it, it's also um, it it really has to do with the location with us, right? We're awesome. uh, we're right outside the University of Toronto mountains. Um, so like you go a street, uh, you go like one or two streets east, and you're basically in University of Toronto, like the main campus, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we're also a couple streets down from uh, King Market, we're a couple streets away from. Uh, you know, where Honest Ed's is at Bathurst and Floor, we're kind of right in the middle of a bunch of, like, really hot spots, right? Mm. So it's very easy for people to, like, go from one place to the other and stop at our place in between. Gotcha. So it's kind of, like, proximity to the university and other really high-density places that will, you know, like what you're offering. That's what's really a... Well, that's a big important factor for what's... A, built up band pod so far? Definitely, definitely. Um, I mean, uh, I, I wasn't working there when it first started, when it first opened up, but uh, I I heard that for the first little bit, they did definitely struggle because, uh, you know, not as many people knew about it. Um, you know, it's a, uh, it's a new business. Um, but because when September hit, they, they opened in April of last year, but when, uh, but when September hit, I... Uh, there was just suddenly an influx of students in the area, uh, and they all wanted a place to go. <laughs> so, 
and BandPod's a great fit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like we provide free Wi-Fi. Um, there's uh, outlets for students to come and like sit and do work and stuff like that. Um, and as I said, it's like a very relaxed atmosphere. So like, studying, it's actually like a very uh, easy thing. Yeah, uh, I'd say that. That's a uh, kind of important piece of it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I would think so too. Like. There have been uh, quite a few guests who've kind of made the same observation that if they're close to a university or a college, that you definitely see a a nice bonus number of uh, traffic coming through your store because of that. No, definitely. Yeah, students a big money maker for for uh, board game related businesses. Yeah, who would yeah, have thought? Anything, yeah, anything to do with board games, uh, or actually anything to do with board games, but also like we also really hit like another market with like you know the people who want to come in and see like you know smaller groups of, like music and we have as said we also have the open mic and stuff like that so um we kind of try to uh hit those other like artistic niches too okay let's uh let's talk about that what what kind of events do does does Bampot, uh host well uh we also we recently uh, just ended an art show that was, I think, like two months running, <laughs> um, where we had uh, just a bunch of artists put a uh, bunch of different things on our walls. Uh, there was an artist who had an exhibit at the Met. There was uh, a piece. I think it's still hanging. It was uh, it won first place for life drawing at the Louvre. We do uh, speaking of life drawing, we do life drawing run by uh, run by somebody named Harris Black. Uh, is an internationally acclaimed life model, and uh, he's the one that set up our art show um, that we had running. Uh, you know, so we do stuff like that. We do open mics uh, the first and third Sundays of every month, um, which will hopefully increase uh, when it hits the, it's September, October, when there's uh, more people around to do it. Um, we're also starting a program in September where uh, if students come in and they play an instrument um, and they want to sit and uh, provide sort of like ambient music for us or, you know, something of the sort. If the stipulation being that, you know, you can't just be there to practice, you actually have to like, mm-hmm. play for us. Um, we'll feed you and uh, give you drinks on the house. <laughs> um, I'm going to call it like maybe something like the Starving Artist Program or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so... You know, we do stuff like that. Uh, we just basically try to support uh, art in general by also like lo- putting like local artists uh, on the walls. Uh, they're usually for sale with the artist's name underneath them. Um, and uh, I know a lot of cafes do that, but in this case, uh, we have a large volume that comes in, and it's constantly fluctuating. Um, we do live music as often as we possibly can, uh, besides the open mics. Uh, so, like, it can be at any given random day where some people will just come in and start playing instruments for us. Uh, it one of my first nights there, actually. I remember uh, I got I had gotten off at 9, and uh, a couple of people had just gotten in from playing at an orchestra. And uh, this other group was bugging them to play. And so they turned to us like, and we're like sure and we sat down and we listened as uh, this one guy played sax and this girl sang next to him cool 
yeah. And uh, I mean, that just that just happens. <laughs> That's interesting. So how yeah. do you uh, how does Bampot go about like finding these uh, people for like, is it just there are enough musicians that come to the store and know about it that they actually they don't have to go out and find anyone? Or do the, you uh, do you advertise you know, like that we're looking for people to come play in the store? What uh, what's the process? Um, it, it's mostly word of mouth and through friends and friends of friends and people who come in they're like, oh, do you do live music here? Like, oh yeah, we do. you know, like oh, so I play too. Okay, can come in sometime. <laughs> you know, it's not uh, we're, we're very we're very relaxed about it. We don't really uh, if if you want to play at our establishment, like. By all means, <laughs> is our kind of like demeanor about it, right? Gotcha. So, like, kind of word of mouth, just it got out that uh, you're looking for musicians that people can come in and play whenever they want. Exactly, exactly. Um, but we are actually, uh, we, we are actually going to be starting to advertise the Star Artist Program specifically in the universities. Um, mm-hmm. uh, that's uh, that's part of our like student program that we're going to start. Along with uh, waiving board game fees when uh, students spend the night. Hmm, all kinds of perks. Kind of how it works right now? Yeah, that, at the moment. <laughs> okay. So we're always looking for things to change. We're also looking to start a uh, film night um, where I'm trying to uh, get like indie films, uh, like like just maybe like student produced films, like that. Mm-hmm. Just uh, playing Friday nights. You know? Uh, just mostly to promote uh, students. There's just not enough places to do that. No, that makes sense. Your proximity to the university, the fact that students are a a major part of your business, they're like one of your bigger customer sectors, anything you can do to kind of promote what they're doing, I could see that really uh, snowballing for the uh, for the place. Yeah. I, I, think, um, I, th- I think a major part of the reason why it works so well for us, though, is mm-hmm. that our priority isn't necessarily on um, being a business first, it's more on being like people. So, like, we we always want to do things that we're interested in and our customers are interested in, even if that means that it's not necessarily going to like make us a ton of dough or anything like that at first. It's more just because we think it's a good idea and we like the ideas that are behind it. Um, it has nothing to do with like, making money. Mm-hmm. That's another thing that uh, I did want to kind of like poke in a bit about. If uh, you may not have access to all the numbers, but if you had to take a guess, is a uh, like most of the revenue generated from the store, like all food sales is like, that is the primary moneymaker. That's what allows you to do everything else. Or is it some combination of the, the fees for the board games and food sales and drinks and things like that? Or what is the, the one thing that kind of drives that actually makes the business work? It's definitely the team. Yeah. We can't, we wouldn't really be uh, running. (laughs) Um, because uh, you know, I mean, everybody, basically everybody comes in for the pot of money, and uh, that's that's nothing. We, we serve everything in pots, right? We don't uh, we don't do cups of tea or anything like that. We uh we do everything. We we make our own blends by hand and stuff like that. We uh we use a mortar and pestle to like 
crush up like herbs and everything for certain things to eat. Wow. Uh, yeah, we have our one chai, which is called our Bam Bam chai. Um, Good name. That, yeah. Um, that's uh, basically what we do is we put all the herbs and spices, everything into a big pot and uh, with, with black tea. And we boil it down to make it the hero for four hours. And uh, we reinstate that with milk and sugar to uh, give you a chai. Cool. Sounds good. Um, yeah, a lot. Of, it's uh, it's one of our top sellers. We make a pot of it like once every two days. It's a lot of chai. It's like fourteen liters. <laughs> <laughs> so, and uh, that that's before adding the milk and sugar. So. Yeah, a bit much for one person, I would think. Yeah, a little bit. Um, yeah. yeah. But yeah, so that's uh, it, it's definitely run on the team. Interesting. So if somebody wanted to to get into selling tea, do they have to go in as dedicated and authentic as Bampod is? Because it sounds like, like you said, you crush your own blends and all kinds of uh, like dedication to the to the craft. But if um, somebody wanted to just, oh, like, what would they have to do to to start incorporating tea into, say, thought experiment here? Say you had a game store. Right. An existing game store, and you wanted to be like, "Oh, this tea thing sounds really cool. Maybe I could do something similar." What What would they need to do? Uh, realistically, like we are very specialized in our tea. Uh, so people come from all over the city and stuff like that just to have tea in our place. Hmm. It's not that uh, if if you're just going to do something that it was uh, if if you just want to incorporate tea into a business. Um, sorry, hold on. Um, I, I would say that you wouldn't need to go through as in-depth processes as we do, because I don't think if you already have a pre-existing game store, uh, you would have to change your entire idea over to, like, the tea idea. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um... Because like it, it really does take uh, like I as I said it, like we are definitely tea house first and then everything is second. <laughs> yeah, tea is obviously your specialty. Yeah. Right. But uh, yeah. yeah. So if if an existing game store, if the owner wanted to expand their offerings to like more of the cafe side, so just I guess uh, how to put it. They could go with something not so uh, intricate. They could just be like, oh, let's just put up some various flavors of tea. We'll just get some tea bags, you know, and we'll just have. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I'd still say definitely, like, try to go a little bit more than just, like, you know, going to, like, your local grocery store. Kind of tea bags. But, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say it would require, like, you know, like having, like, the 84 different types of tea that we have. To like you know be able to do all the mixes and stuff that we do. Okay, and what about the food side? The food side. Mm-hmm. Um, so we stick to mostly vegan and vegetarian. Well, sorry, we stick to mostly vegan foods, but we also have some vegetarian options because uh, you know having milk and cheese and stuff like that is yeah. You know, a lot of but um, 
yeah, uh, we, we definitely hit like a little bit of a uh, niche there too. Uh, but that's mostly due to the fact that uh, we, uh, we're not, we, we aren't like a high production kitchen. We, uh, we don't have like, like tons of options. We have like a bunch of small specialties, but we don't really go too much outside that area when it comes to food. Um, so when you're going to Manpide, you like, you know, like, oh, I'll probably be able to get a curry today because curries are usually what we do for mains, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know it's going to be vegan because uh, all remains are always vegan. Um, so and we also always have free options. Uh, our mains are usually always free. And uh, we always have, like, gluten-free crackers on hand in case we don't have bread or pizza. Um, so, I mean, like, we, uh, we kind of, like, just try to incorporate a little bit of everything that, well, a little bit of everything besides meat, <laughs> potentially, into our menu. Um, so, I guess, uh, I guess if you're trying to, like, make a board game cafe, uh, Accessible. It's a good way of doing it. It's just to uh, make it so that they're easy foods to like, prepare, easy foods to uh, easy foods to just kind of keep hold of and have on hand, and also uh, things that are kind of accessible to like, a wide variety. I also um, like how Bampot kind of has a like you said they niche niche down. They've got a theme that they stick to: vegan, vegetarian food, kind of. Gives your customer something that they can uh, they can expect. They know what they what they're going to get when they come to your store. Right. right. Yeah. Um, there's there's always like sometimes like there's a few surprises and stuff like that. Like you know recently um, we made a uh, re- recently our curry of the week we made we actually made with matcha which is tea right. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the base itself is like a very uh, stringent base. Uh, but it's still a curry. Uh, but you can expect us to like incorporate like tea into some of our dishes, or uh, you know, go a little bit outside uh, outside the curry sometimes. Uh, I, I know I made like a shepherd's pie, one, um, which was uh, which I used like a mushroom-based gravy, uh, sweet potato mash, and stuff like that on it, and uh, with uh, tofu instead of just uh, tofu instead of meat. Um, that was our main program. Uh, so sometimes it can be, uh, sometimes it, it doesn't, it, it's not necessarily uh, a curry, but it's always vegan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We've got one overarching theme. It may change from week to week, but I, they still, uh, they still know what they're going to get. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So what do you, uh, What's something that uh, Bampot struggled with early on? One of the things would definitely have been getting uh, getting enough customers in, um, that uh, that happened at, at very first. It was like, getting enough customers in, but uh, both Mark and uh, the you know, both both the owners, Mark and uh, Andrea, they had previously like known a lot of people in the area. Mm-hmm. Everything. Before like they had actually opened the place, and so they they really brought in a lot of people of like the same like mindset, I guess. Um, who knew other people? Who knew other people? 
So that that wasn't so much a problem uh, in the long run, I guess. Um, another thing would have been uh, just solidifying what they wanted to do menu-wise was definitely something that uh, definitely something that they had like um, played with a lot. Um, just just production-wise, they they uh, they used to make all of the falafels by hand, which would have took like eight hours to do, and they would <laughs> sell them for <over> the <laughs> you know. Um, and so that that just wasn't feasible for the two of them to do because there was only two of them in there, and uh, they weren't paying themselves because they had just opened up a new business, right? Mm-hmm. So um, there's that. Uh, the fact that they didn't they didn't pay themselves for the big thing actually too. Uh, because, you know, open business, you have to be prepared to make certain sacrifices like that. Yeah, that's not too uncommon for the first little while where you're still starting up and trying to establish yourselves. No, no, it's, it's not at all. I'm just, uh, just you know, they, they basically lived off tips for uh, a, a long time. <laughs> right? Um, besides that, I... I don't think there was actually too much problem because they had a pretty solid, uh, they had a pretty solid footing into what they wanted to do. They kind of stuck to the roots sometimes. Gotcha. Yeah, just uh, just wondering if there were any like major obstacles, like other than like it sounds like oh yeah, getting your customers in the first you know three to six months. That's obviously one of the harder parts. That's you have to ramp up into that. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, no, I, I don't, uh, like, from my conversations with them, there really didn't seem to be any, like, major snag to look into. Okay. So what's the biggest success that Bampot's had? What's the, uh, what, what do you think their greatest achievement so far has been? Um, probably building the relationships with the customers that uh, are continuing customers that they have. Uh, we have a group that comes in every uh, Sunday, just for example, uh, and they come in specifically just to discuss philosophy uh, or other words or anything. They, 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 have a, uh, they have a Facebook group where they just post um, a reading and they come in every week at the same time just to discuss it. And uh, the group is just slowly getting bigger for them. Um, we have the life drawing people that come in all the time. I uh, and we know them all by name. We know we know a, a lot of people by name actually uh, that come in regularly. Uh, it's it's a great place to just come in and like you know sometimes if it's not busy we'll come down and sit down and talk for a while. It's uh, it's definitely a community that this place well. Cool. So you've really kind of incorporated the idea of the third place perfectly. That's what's the way most of your customers seem to uh, seem to experience your business as that it is their their third place, other than home and work that they come to spend time at. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, there's uh, there's people that come in almost every single day. I I actually have customers uh, that came that come in. Like probably about four times a week, and the funniest thing about them is that they, they don't order any tea; they just order the food, 
and they come in to eat. And uh, and I I always thought that was funny because like they uh, you, you'd figure our place was niche for you know our tea, but uh, you know our, it's it's not just that it's the, it's the atmosphere and everything. They're coming down and having dinner. They're a couple like they that this is what they like to do <laughs> on their time off. What are some of the tools that Bampot uses to uh, run their business? Like, it's a little bit different from your typical game store, right? There's a lot more to it with uh, the kitchen than the tea, the art, the everything that you do that's kind of uh, out of the ordinary for most game stores. And what uh, what do you what are the tools that you use uh, throughout the day? Like, uh, as in like. Like literally, like the, uh, like like the stove and stuff like that. Or? <laughs> well, I don't want, not necessarily like not like the the brand of tongs or something that you use to uh, flip things, but like uh, normally I'm thinking like uh, Twitter and Facebook. Those are the things that uh, people use to market their business. I see what you're saying. Okay. Um, yeah. No. We uh, we are subscribed to um, uh, Yelp ads. Uh, we try to get people through that. Um, Could you say that again? Uh, Yelp ads. Oh, Yelp ads. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, we also uh, we post regularly on uh, the Bampot wall. Uh, you know, come on in and try our tea. We're uh, constantly trying to make up, like, like I- I'm constantly making, like, interesting creations in the kitchen and stuff like that, just, like, with, with, I, with, with tea, I should say. I'm just constantly trying to mix different things together, just uh, have fun with it. So, I, uh, you know, like, my coworkers sometimes will post, hey, Alex is making some weird stuff. Come on in. <laughs> um, then uh, you know, there's uh, there's also like you know, social media besides uh, you know, people will come and post like pictures of like you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't really have an Instagram feed that I know of. I think I think we like I think we do, but it's not really updated so much. Okay. Um, so. That's, uh, yeah, so we don't do that. Um, we do, however, uh, always try to keep, like, a steady, like, stream of, like, current events and everything that um, posted on the walls of our establishment. So, um, you know, we kind of, like, we kind of, like, oh, yeah, you can, like, you can uh, put your stuff here, and then, like, we give them business cards, and always like you know like the whole back and forth idea of like community um so, so kind of like a community board where people can put up their whatever they're doing inside your store to kind of help oh yeah yeah definitely we, okay. uh, yeah it's, it's literally just inside the door the first thing that you see is just like two uh two cord cords filled with things we always have like we recently we've been starting to do um, a chess challenge on uh, on our chalkboard if you solve the chess challenge, uh, there was there was a prize. I cannot remember what the prize was, but um, that was something else. One of the coworkers uh, came up with. Yeah, that's um, a cool idea. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it, a couple of people have solved have solved it so far. I, I think they got three tiers. So yeah, I you know so we try to solve that. Um, I don't know if we do. I don't think we do any real advertising side. Uh, you know, besides that, it's all just word of mouth. 
I did want to ask why, how do you, uh, or how does Bampot get the board games into their store? Are they all secondhand or do you guys have a distributor? Um, well, no, we, uh, we, we go out, uh, we give a budget that we can spend on per month. Um, so sometimes, uh, sometimes like I'll usually go out and get a board game. It's usually, it's usually a board game. <laughs> um, uh, or, you know, I, when I, when I first started working there, I brought in a bunch of board games. Uh, and I'm still slowly doing that. Um, you know, other people have donated board games. Uh, there, there are some second games, though. Uh, but the, those are mostly just, uh, those are mostly just interesting, like, things like one that's called Class Struggle, which is basically, like, a watered-down version of Monopoly, but it's hilarious. Okay. Uh, you know, stuff like that. It's just, uh, yeah, it just whenever we uh, whenever we get the chance, we try to pick up one or two more games. So just a gradual accumulation. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So when they first started, they didn't really have more than just like a shelf. Now we have like almost a full bookcase. <laughs> gotcha. Interesting. So originally it was just it was kind of like a, it was a tea shop, and then just a minor minor board game motif on the side, and it's kind of. It's slowly growing, yeah. Yeah. So do you, like, I'm guessing you'd probably just go to one of the game stores in the local area and just pick up a, a game that looks looks interesting? Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, I, usually my, uh, my, my go-to spot is probably like 401 Games. Okay, yeah. I've had and, him on the show many, many weeks ago. Well, you know, they're actually starting their own board game cafe. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, they've recently opened up an upstairs portion to uh, their location, uh, where it's like a large, uh, it's like a large um, play space, essentially. And uh, they have board game rentals there. And what they do is an interesting model, where you rent a game for eight dollars. Um, so it, they they so like amongst your split amongst your friends, right? Say like you're six people playing board games. That's eight dollars split six people. That's actually cheaper than most board game places. But they don't really have a cafe yet. Yeah, when I interviewed them, they were still uh, still in the process of opening up and or opening up the the upstairs area. So it's it's interesting to kind of get an update on what they're working on. Yeah, yeah. They uh, I, again, like they're uh, they they're definitely going to give like some of the other board game places. I think more of their money. Because they're already established as one of the biggest game stores in Toronto, right? Yeah, I think so, that was their uh, their uh, their goal when when I talked to them last. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting, especially with like places right down the road, uh, like Roleplay is like a couple of down from them, you know. Um, but yeah, it just <laughs> cool. So, do you think uh, they'll have trouble with that? Like if. Uh, a board game cafe or something like what 401 Games is working on, if they opened up, you know, a block away from you guys, from Bampot, would that would that be a problem? Well, no, no, not really. Um, I mean, we're right, we're right by Blur and Matthews, and that's where Snakes and Loggers is, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, Snakes and Loggers is uh, a couple streets behind us. So, like, we're, we're right between, like, the two biggest ones in the city, and yet we still have a very large 
Is that because, like, the fact that you focus on uh, vegetarian vegan stuff and the tea is, like, what's the... Is it because you're so focused on something that you're uh, you're able to both succeed in what's, like, basically the the same genre? You're attracting the same, roughly the same customer base, right? Um, yeah, I'd say that, uh, I'd say that we're attracting, um, maybe, maybe a bit different of a client base than snakes and lattes would, because, uh, you know, you don't necessarily, like, snakes and lattes, you go in and you, you have to eat right? Um, so you go in and you sit down, and, like, the, the cover fee is already something that you have to play, okay, so you're definitely going to be playing a board game. So, you're essentially only going there if you know you're going to be playing a board game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and like you know, they're they're mostly like tables specifically made that like specifically so that you can play board games on them and stuff like that. A lot of the spaces in our restaurant aren't the most conducive for playing board games because they just have like we, we it's the space limitations for like you know putting mm-hmm. a board yeah. down. You also have like your teapot and like, like four cups and a bunch of other stuff. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, like you know, we we definitely have uh, we're definitely more like it's because it's definitely more because of the team that works. Gotcha. I'm just a. It sounds like it's a fairly resilient business model that if it can support multiple versions of what's essentially the same kind of idea in a fairly small space that if you just slightly differentiate yourself you can still be very successful in what you're doing oh yeah yeah for sure um yeah i mean like within walk distance of like our place uh there's at least three other board game cafes that i know of um in like different directions so uh it's it's not hard to like find one and they're they're always busy Right. Interesting. Why is the board game cafe becoming so popular? Uh, because nobody has the expendable income to spend sixty dollars on every board game. <laughs> I think I think that's really like the main point that like you, know, you go in and you get this whole selection of whatever you want to play, and uh, that really allows you to see what you like, what you don't like, and yeah, then maybe you can go okay, well. I really like this game. I'm gonna buy this one, right? But you know, there's no really way to test out a game other than going to the board game cafe. Yeah, I guess that's true. There's not really a lot of like the game library doesn't really exist on its own because just, that probably wouldn't work as a standalone business. It just wouldn't make sense. So yeah, if you wanted to play a board game, you either have to just put the money up front, or you know get a friend to put the money up front and play it at their place. One of the two options. But if there's a board game cafe, I guess you kind of have a whole variety that you could potentially try out. Do you find uh, do you find a lot of the customers, once they've played a board game, that they're like, oh, where can I buy one of these? Um, sometimes. Um, you know, I mean, like, that. I think that's one thing that Snake Law is brilliant to that they, they made a contract with Hard uh, Game Humanity. Right, they're the only ones in Toronto that are allowed to sell cards in um, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah, you can't get it anywhere else. Um, which I, I think is funny. You can either buy it online or from them. Um, 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, like you know, that that happens. Um, you know, like I think I think that's actually one of the most popular games coming to play. His cards get managed, which is, in my opinion, slightly unfortunate because there's a lot of great board games out there. But uh, you know, I mean, you're know, sitting around socializing and everything. It's a good game to like. Kind of uh, but yeah, I know. I mean, there's a lot of times like people come in and be like, if if they do wonder where it is. It's Mostly from 401 games. Yeah, 401 games might help go against stuff. Anti games on uh, on Spadina. They're they're pretty good too. Um, both of them are pretty competitive prices against each other. Um, well, one thing that I've noticed is that uh, a good thing to do when uh, a good thing to do with uh, a board cafe, though we don't necessarily. Do it, um, it is to sell board games on the side too. Mm-hmm. Um, so keeping in stock like your more popular games uh, as something that you can sell is definitely like something that has helped uh, places like Castle make content. Okay, so why doesn't uh, Bandpot do that? Um, mostly because like we are a supplier for loose tea already. Um, we we supply the the depot that we serving them. Uh, we supply uh, the material but are also a uh, um, and so I mean we could possibly do it but I we don't really have the storage space. Okay so you know like two reasons there's just, you already have products that you sell yeah. and you know, board games do take up a lot of space that's one of the things that uh, that's one of their disadvantages is they're big and bulky. And then, uh, you know, I guess it also doesn't really align with what your business's the spirit is, right? It is it's a tea house, not a game store, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. We don't. We don't. We don't do that. <laughs> okay, good to know that that's a a good strategy, though. That if uh, you wanted to shift your focus somewhere else, then being a game library that also is a place where you can buy the games. Uh, a totally viable business model. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it it, it definitely like it, like like there's a lot of people that go to board academies that sense to test games out. So if you have those games on hand, uh, to be able to be sold, then like it works out for you. I when I was I uh, so role play cafe. Uh, I'm gonna talk about this. Okay. They they originally ran on the business model where. Uh, they were a restaurant and a, and a board game place at the same time. And uh, what what happened is you could go in and they would waive your board game fee if you bought a meal. Um, the only issue with that, though, is that if you're eating like a full plate of spaghetti or something like that, um, playing board games or cards or something like that is kind of yeah. Uh, so let's think about like conflicting ideas, here, right? Um, so like doing snacks like that is fine, um, and making sure that you have snacks on hand is a good idea. But uh, meals, if you're if you're going for the board game cafe idea, meals are probably something you might want to try to stick away from or make into like 
like an, a like make it into like a smaller packaging or something that you can more easily like eat <laughs> without like getting like getting more game density or having to stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that being being an issue if uh, food is your main offering. It is. It's it's just it's going to be hard to play board games at the same time. So they kind of conflict with one another. Yeah, definitely. Um, another thing I've noticed is that uh, a lot of places have uh, all, basically all of the game cafes that I've been to that um, the staff chooses the music, um, which I think is a really good way of doing things because uh, it really, uh, like, you know, it really connects the staff to the people that work in the restaurant, and like, it's it makes it a more enjoyable atmosphere for the staff instead of like, you know, having like a run of like playlist that's always playing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there was uh, there has been issues that I've noticed in certain places. Uh, where the music would be too loud. Um, I noticed that uh, Castle sometimes did that. Um, I noticed that Roleplay sometimes did that. I've never noticed that really at Snakes and Lattes. Um, but when you're playing board games, it's a very social thing. Uh, you don't want the music to be too loud. It's just, uh, you know, it, <laughs> it's not very good for, uh, it's, not, it's not very conducive for, like, socializing. Yeah, um, you don't want to go over everyone's conversation with your own music. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's not the point. No, it's not. Um, uh, along with like lighting, uh, lighting is like a very thing. Uh, you know, you want to make sure that it's not like you know fluorescent bulbs and stuff like that, and make it look like a warehouse. But you also don't want it to be. Uh, you also don't want it to be like too dim and stuff like that because then people will be able to see what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, you gotta, you definitely have to strike, like, fine balances in everything, right? Mm-hmm. And the atmosphere in general is, like, a very important aspect of the board game cafe, um, where you want, like, a cross between relaxed and, uh, you, you definitely want a cross between, like, a relaxed atmosphere, but also one that lets you stay alert to what's happening. Because otherwise, like, you know, you're just not gonna be into playing board games. Yeah, so atmosphere, one of the most important things when you're designing your store, when you're planning it, you need to get that, uh, strike the right balance. Exactly, yeah. I think think it's funny that, uh, that, you know, I keep on mentioning this, but I I think this takes a lot to kind of hit the nail on the head when they they initially opened. Though, like, a bunch of places have popped up since then. None of them have, like, really, like, had the same, like, had the same response as they did. Do you think right. that because they were first or because they did it right? Uh, definitely a combination of the two. <laughs> you know, they they haven't changed. I mean, just the fact that they haven't changed the business model since they started shows that they did it right. Right? That you still go in there, you still pay $5 per person. Right? Still works. And, yeah. And if it works after like three, four years, I don't have to get how long they open. I mean, like, that that's a sure surefire way of knowing that you know, you're doing something right. Do you have any other uh, helpful tips? You know, make sure your staff knows the board game. That that's that's a huge thing. Um, yeah, because, that, that's um, a good one. Yeah, 
yeah, that, that's actually a um, If you want your staff to know the board games, then you want your staff to be able to, like, teach people that. You need to, like, you know, make sure there's, like, one night a week where your staff are staying behind to play board games. You know? Make sure that there's, like, the, your staff um, know the topic. Just like any other business. But, you know, you can, like, like the owners or they should really uh, take the initiative in like trying to set something like that. Yeah, product knowledge pretty important, especially if uh, if a big part of your business is renting out the board games. Chances are your customers are gonna you know ask you, "What do you think about this one? Oh, is this one good?" If you just yeah, it's a board game, they're probably yeah. not gonna really respond to that. We'd be like, "No, it's great. It's because I played it with all these games." I've, I've got all this experience with it. I used to play this with my friends. Then they're much more likely to uh, you know, connect with you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, enjoy their experience. Yeah, and uh, the other thing is that like most games are extremely hard to uh, like even like the simplest. They're kind of hard to just open up a package and sit down, and right? It usually takes somebody who already knows the board game to really get into the map. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Having staff on hand that can like that are that are good at that are good just sitting down and being like, all right, so this is the setup, this is how you play, bang, 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 and then take it through around, and uh, you know, within ten minutes, people are like happily playing for me. Mm. Is that is that what happens at uh, Bampot? Is there is like uh, teaching a board game part of the part of the process? Um. Well, I I teach people. <laughs> when I'm there, um, it's not uh, it's not something that everybody knows or is interested in that band club because we all we kind of all come from different like, like I'd say I probably I'm probably like the nerdiest person on staff. So, <laughs> gotcha. But it's good to have at least one, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. At least and one I mean, teacher. Our staff is small, right? So I'm, I'm there like five minutes a week at, at least five minutes a day. Uh, sometimes there, <laughs> um, even if it's just me hanging out. The, uh, the idea that uh, put, putting together these, also putting together like the staff say, is a, also a really good way to make sure that your staff meshes well with each other. Because uh, you know, like, you don't really want to have like inner conflict, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, hiring the right people is always kind of one of the tougher challenges of running a business. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, l- luckily people. Luckily, a lot of people who are interested in board games are like, you know, sit down and play simply with each other. But you know, simply as simply as you can play. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's in store? What's gonna? What's coming up for Bandpod in the near future? What are you guys working on? Well, as I said before, I, I'm I'm really excited about like getting uh, that music program started where I can come in and play music and meet them. Um, there's going to be uh, film night starting, um, so we're going to be sending out. Uh, we're going to be like you know asking people to sign up for playing their films on Friday nights. Uh, that that's going to be great. Um, belly dancing lessons are going to be starting soon. That's Ooh. that's that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, um, you can always uh, find a couple of clips on Meetup. Where uh, they always play. There's a there's a group that's uh, all girls, 
called Galicious who play board games, and then there's Egalicious who play board games in that uh, mix. And uh, they meet up on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, oh, sorry, other way around. Uh, <laughs> the Geeklicious meet up on Tuesdays, Galicious. But uh, yeah, so that that's always happening. Uh, it's a pretty, uh, pretty great way to meet new people that, uh, you know, if you want to like play board games and like meet new people that do that too in New City. Good thing to do. Yeah, and there's obviously always life life drawings happen every Sunday. Um, we always have like a uh, goes up a nude model, and uh, you come in, you pay ten dollars, you bring your own supplies, and uh, it's a life drawing class that goes from two thirty to five thirty on Sundays. So keep on expanding your offerings and uh, keep on doing what you're doing right. Yeah, essentially. Uh, yeah, uh, hopefully we can get uh, more live music going in there. And, uh, you know, it'll probably be a lively place on September. Yeah, sounds interesting. And if uh, I'll, I'll definitely try and drop in the next time I'm in Toronto. It sounds like a pretty cool place. Uh, great. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, just mention who you are. And, uh, yeah, introduce ourselves. <laughs> yeah, cool. Okay, uh, so if people, if any of the listeners were in Toronto and they wanted to come visit you, uh, where can they find you in real life and online? Oh, in real life, we are at 201 uh, Harvard Street, uh, which is at the corner of Harvard and Bathurst. Um, it's, uh, it's really easy to get to from Bathurst Station. It's probably an eight-minute walk. Um, and, uh, and online, uh we actually just have a Facebook page, Bamba uh, Bohemian House uh, of Ian Borgins is, uh, is our uh, Facebook page. But uh, we also have a website, which is bampatea.com. And you can like check out uh, our gallery of our restaurants and stuff like that there. And uh, we have a bit of food and uh, the food that's uh, in the restaurants on our website. So, Check it out. Check it out there. Cool. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show. Yeah, no problem. And uh, sharing your wealth of knowledge about Bampot and game cafes in general. I really appreciate it. I think uh, the listeners are going to really appreciate it too. Yeah, no problem. I'd like to do it. Uh, you have a great afternoon, and I'll talk to you later. Okay, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Alex Moore. Uh, the Maniverse Podcast will be back next Friday with another episode. In the meantime, if you want to learn more about GameStar Entrepreneurship and the Magic Community, you should head over to ManiverseSaga.com. That's where you'll find articles and podcasts that will help you build a better LGS. And as always, thanks for listening. I've been your host, Tom Traplin, and I will talk to you guys next week.